Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the wine country, Santa Barbara, California today with my good friend Lauren Wood of TravelIsTheCure.com. Lauren moved to Santa Barbara for college and quickly fell in love with the laid-back vibe, perfect weather, and ocean views. In this episode, we taste wine with Lauren in the Funk Zone, hike to Inspiration Point, and explore the Rose Gardens at the historic Mission. You hear about all three of these unique attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Santa Barbara. Before we start the interview, I'd love it if you give my show a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback improves the interviews and helps new listeners find the show. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Although I love to travel, sometimes it is just good to be home. When I moved to Nashville, I decided to splurge and get a Nectar Sleep mattress that provided all the comfort of a luxury hotel without the price tag of one. I love that Nectar Sleep includes a forever warranty and that you get a 365-night trial to make sure that your mattress is everything you've dreamed of. For a limited time, my listeners will get $125 off and two free pillows with your order when you use the link wetravelthere.com forward slash Nectar. Hey, Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. How are you? Everything's great. It's a good day here in, in Nashville, but I know it's an even better day over there in, in California. Probably true. Yep. Sunny as always. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I certainly miss the weather over there. Yeah, we are truly blessed. In fact, the location I'll be talking about is known for having near-perfect weather year-round, and I think that's why people love it so much. Absolutely. So what's your connection to Santa Barbara? So I actually lived there for many years. I recently moved about 20 miles south to Ventura. But originally, what brought me to Santa Barbara was I uh, went to college there. I went to UC Santa Barbara. Okay. All right. And then, you know, obviously, you you didn't just graduate yesterday. And so what kind of kept you in the town for a while? Oh, gosh. I would say there are a lot of things. It shouldn't surprise you that I'm going to first say the weather. I am a California girl, but grew up in Northern California. So we, of course, had the seasons and it's cold in the winter and very, very hot in the summer. Santa Barbara has near perfect temperatures year round. I mean, I think the average is in the 70s. The caveat to that is the only time you don't want to be in Santa Barbara is during what we call May gray or June gloom. So those two months are kind of gloomy. We have, you know, they're fairly overcast because of the marine layer. But other than that, Santa Barbara is beautiful. Even in December, you can sometimes have 75 to 80 degree days in December or January. So it's just a beautiful place to live. The scenery is insanely beautiful. Uh, We have what's called the Riviera California Riviera, and you've got the ocean and the mountains, and it's one of the few places where you can see that type of scenery. And then Santa Barbara in general is just very laid back. You know, we go to the beach a lot. We like to enjoy good restaurants, which there are plenty of, plenty of wineries as well. And so I think it's just a very relaxed vibe. Sure. When I lived in Anaheim, uh, we used to drive up to Santa Barbara and uh, Solvang and the whole wine country area, probably three or four times a year, just to kind of get away from like the city life and kind of just hang out in the the rolling hills, look at the ocean and and have some nice wine. Definitely. You mentioned that like you kind of, if people are looking to travel to Santa Barbara, maybe they should avoid May and June if they're looking for the sunshine. 
But other than that, are there any times of the year that maybe they should focus as far as when they want to come out there? I think the shoulder seasons are probably best. You know, the summers are busy with tourists naturally because the kids are out of school. But September, October, November, I think we have the best weather and it'll be less busy. You'll have less tourists. And then the springtime, March, April. So you're not paying a huge premium on hotels and things uh, since it's the shoulder season, but you're still going to get fantastic weather. Sure. Now, with all of the years that you live there, how would you describe the people or, or the town, like in one or two words? Chill. Like I said, I think it's just a very relaxed vibe. So it definitely has that Southern California surf town chill vibe. Yeah, absolutely. So when people are thinking of coming to, to Santa Barbara, should they fly into the local airport? Because I know they have a small airport there, but should they fly in there or should they try to fly into LAX or Burbank or what's the best way to get there? If you can get a well-priced flight into Santa Barbara, I would certainly say do that. Oftentimes they're quite a bit more expensive. So if you can, LAX is is a little bit of a headache because of the traffic. So if you can fly into Burbank, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Then you obviously get the nice pretty drive along, along PCH on the way up. Oh Yeah. Yes. If you take it from LAX, but if you're coming in from Burbank, you're not really going along the all along the water. So I guess there is an argument to be made that if you know, you're know you making a day trip out of LA, that you should fly into LA and drive the one through Malibu and up through Oxnard and Ventura and then up to Santa Barbara, which is a very beautiful drive. Absolutely. So when you think of the town and people are coming to visit there, is it a town where they need a car to rent or... Obviously, if they get the flight right into Santa Barbara, it's not a problem. Or if they even take the Amtrak up, it's also not a problem getting around, I believe, right? Yeah, that's true. We certainly have the options at your disposal to avoid having to get a car. There are plenty of Ubers and there's public transportation. Some of the places I would recommend going to, though, would require a car. So, for example, if you're going anywhere outside of Santa Barbara at all, say up the 154 or to San Inez or Solvang, you would definitely need a car. Mm-hmm. Depends on what you have planned in town. Sure. And hopefully we're going to get right into that in a couple of minutes here. When I rent a car and they're in town, what's the parking situation like? Is it difficult to find parking? Is it expensive? You know, I wouldn't say it's expensive. Having lived somewhere like San Francisco, it's nothing like that. <laughs> um, there are plenty of parking garages. Parking on the street in town is always a little bit difficult, but I would say it would be average on the spectrum. Okay. Okay. Or if they say they're staying in a hotel that's that's in the downtown area there, is there public transportation that they can take around or should, is it just easy enough to walk around? It's easy enough to walk around. You're staying at or near State Street, which is sort of the main area in town. Then you can certainly walk to most things or hop in a very, very cheap Uber to get maybe from lower state to upper state, for example. Okay. And uh, like when they're thinking of staying in, in town, are there certain parts of the city maybe they should avoid or that you recommend that they stay in? You know, I can't say there's a particular part that you should avoid. You know, most of Santa Barbara is very safe. And so you're, you're good just about anywhere. I, I think that most people obviously want to be near the beach. So anywhere near the beach is great. And anything close to State Street, if you don't have a vehicle, is advisable. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about some of the things to do when you're in town. Obviously, like you mentioned, there's some wine tasting, there's the beach, but what else is there to do? If you're into hiking, I would recommend hiking up to a place called Inspiration Point. Or if you have a car, there's a short drive up the 154 to a place called Red Rocks that has a number of waterfalls and like watering holes you can jump into. 
if you like wine, we have what's called the funk zone. And it is sort of an up and coming neighborhood where a lot of the local wineries have tasting rooms. So you can taste wines from Santa Barbara Winery, Powley Wine Co., Grassini, Coonan, Marjoram, all the big name Santa Barbara wineries. And if maybe you or your significant other um, isn't into wine, there's also Fig Mountain Bruco, uh, which is great. And they'll have like live music and food trucks sometimes. If you like being out on the water, I would say definitely take a sailing trip uh, around the harbor. Oftentimes, they'll do whale watching tours as well. There's a company uh, called Sunset Kid that does very small group tours. I think it's like eight people max, so it feels very intimate. And then, you know, Santa Barbara is really just known for its beauty. So you can just check out places like Lotus Land or the Santa Barbara Botanical Garden. Or even the the Rose Gardens at the Mission, which is free. The Mission in particular is a great place to bring your dogs and have a picnic. It's just stunning. Also, I know that like I've stayed at the Canary Hotel by Kempton. They're very dog-friendly. Are a lot of other places, like you mentioned, like the Mission for the Rose Gardens, they're dog-friendly also. Are there other places that are dog-friendly? You know, not a ton of places. I mean, obviously... There's the beach. So, you know, all the beaches are pretty dog friendly. And in fact, we have an off leash beach called Henry's, uh, which is nice. And then in terms of hotels, I, you're correct that the Kimpton properties are dog friendly. And then the only other one I can think of would probably be the Ritz Carlton, which used to be, of course, the Bacara and the San Ysidro Ranch. They are very dog friendly. All right. So, like you mentioned, the, the San Ysidro Ranch, that's in, uh, in Montecito, correct? That's correct. And uh, the Montecito, for people who used to watch the daytime TV, that's where Oprah and, and a lot of other actors and actresses and rich and famous people live. Yes, correct. Cool. All right. When you mentioned a few minutes ago, you mentioned Lotus Land. Is that basically just a, a garden with a bunch of lotuses or what goes on there? It's basically a botanical garden, but they also, you can host events there. So if you're lucky, um, I would say check the calendar for Lotus Land and maybe there there will be like a wine event or something. And so you'll be sipping wine or eating snacks and things in, in a just a beautiful setting. Well, that sounds really beautiful. And now, so if we're going down to the beach, I know the beach is obviously very beautiful there, but also the the pier is a lot of fun and there's some wineries and some restaurants on top of the pier as well. Correct. Yeah, you nailed it. So like, what are some of your favorites in that area? Well, you know, one of my favorite things to do actually is you can start in the harbor and say have lunch at either Brophy's or OTA on the alley. Brophy's always has a very long wait, but it's worth it. And if you don't want to wait, you can go downstairs to OTA. And then after lunch, you can take what's called the little toot. It's like a little tugboat. And I think it's something very cheap, like maybe five bucks or, or less. It's usually people think it's great for kids, but I mean, my husband and I enjoy it. I think they, if I recall correctly, they sell beers. So you can take the little toot from the harbor to Stern's Wharf, the pier. And, you know, it's like a little five minute ride. And then from there, you can check out the Ty Warner. It's like an aquarium. Okay. And as you said, there are a number of different wine tasting rooms there and restaurants. And then it's you can either take the little toot back or you can walk back. It's a very nice walk along the beach. Yeah. When we stayed at the Canary, one thing you have to remember, if you're walking back up from the pier, from uh, the State Street down to the pier, it, it seems like a little bit more of a downhill walk. If you're coming back, make sure you don't drink too many wine or too many beers. Otherwise, you may have to call an Uber. 
Exactly. It's, I mean, it's only a, a slight uphill walk and you can always, like you said, you can always Uber it back if you have too much wine on the pier. And, you know, I travel a lot of times with my kids and I, I believe you mentioned that there's a, a zoo that's uh, that's there in Santa Barbara. Yes. I love the zoo. I don't have kids, but my husband and I go to the zoo all the time. They also have a lot of events there too. So, you know, it certainly wouldn't compare to like San Diego, but it's a really, really great zoo for the size of Santa Barbara. Like I said, when I travel with my kids, I sometimes, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun, but also I try to incorporate a little educational things into, into the trip. And I believe there's a historical museum that's there in Santa Barbara. What, what type of things do they focus on? You know, it has been close to 15 years or more since I've been to the historical museum. So sure. I don't really know what they've got going on right now. But my recollection is that it's a lot of history of Santa Barbara and the okay. Chumash Indians and the different, just different species that are from here. All right. Now, before we kind of take off, one thing we we don't want to miss out on is talking about all the food, because obviously we have, we talked about a little bit of the wine, and but we can't miss out on pairing the wine with some of the great dishes that are there available. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite <laughs> part of the restaurants. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of your favorites then. So probably my number one favorite would be Bouchon. It's in downtown Santa Barbara. It's a French restaurant, not associated with Thomas Keller's Bouchon, but. Bouchon downtown is owned by Mitchell and Amy Sherman, and they've actually been around longer than Thomas Keller's Bouchon. So everyone thinks they stole the name, but they didn't. But they (laughs) serve really fantastic French fine dining. And then, you know, if you're willing to pony up the cash, the stone house at San Ysidro Ranch, even though it's in Montecito, I sort of group Montecito and Santa Barbara together as the same place. But the stone house has absolutely phenomenal food. And if you're lucky enough to sit out on the patio, it has probably one of the most intimate dining settings that you could ask for. And it's just stunning. El Encanto, the restaurant up at El Encanto also has fabulous food and views of the Riviera. And then, you know, if you want something a little bit more casual, I really like uh, Lolita or Barbareño. What type of food do they have? Well, Lolita is upscale Mexican food. Barbareño is a little bit difficult to describe. I'm actually not (laughs) sure how you would characterize them. They specialize in Santa Barbara dishes. I mean, whatever that means. So just focus on the local cuisine. Yeah, yeah. Um, They have a really fun play on an egg McMuffin because I guess that was invented by uh, a gentleman who lived here. Okay. I think. So stuff like that. Right on. A lot of places seem like we talked about so far have been really kind of focused like lunch, dinner, things like that. But, you know, say we wake up, it's been a long drive. We drove in from LA, crashed out, went to sleep and woke up ready for the day. Where should we go for breakfast? Oh, that's a difficult one. You know, my husband and I always used to joke about how Santa Barbara really doesn't have a lot of options for breakfast. So you're usually fighting with other people for a spot. If you want sort of like greasy spoon, there are a number of Cajun kitchens all over Santa Barbara. They will pretty much always have a line for breakfast, but very, very good. Would you have one that you recommend? Like a particular location? Yeah. Or or is the greasy spoon, is that the name of it? No, Cajun kitchen's the name. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no worries. There's one on De La Vina that's a little bit off of state. So you probably have less people to fight with there than say you would the one uh, just off of State Street. Okay. And then for something a little bit more upscale, any honestly, most of the hotel brunches are your best bet. So the brunch at the Four Seasons Biltmore or the Hyatt on the water, those are all very good 
really, I think any of the spots that the hotels that serve brunch do a, a really nice job. Finch and Fork is, of course, at the Canary. They have a nice brunch, too. So, Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're going to go out for a day of uh, drinking wine, you might as well start off with a little bit of breakfast and champagne, right? Exactly. <laughs> Best way to start, right? Absolutely. So, okay. So say we've gone out for the day, we've cruised at the beach and maybe explored some of the museums. And now it's time for, we just want to go to go get some drinks. The wine shops are closed. Is there like some good taverns or some good bars that we should check out? Definitely. So one of my favorite places for happy hour is probably the pickle room or Sama Sama kitchen. If you're looking for like kind of like a dive bar place, you could go to either the neighborhood or the sportsman which both of those have been around forever. So those are probably your best bets for happy hour. All right. And my kids love ice cream. Actually, my daughter, before we were recording this, was wanting to go get some ice cream. And I'm like, well, let's finish lunch first. And so if you're looking uh, to satisfy your sweet tooth in Santa Barbara, where should you go? You know, that's probably the easiest question to answer because McConnell's ice cream is from Santa Barbara. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they have just the best ice cream that you could ask for. And they were started here. So McConnell's. Awesome. What's your favorite flavor there? I'll keep it simple. They do a really nice mint chip that's pretty tasty. All right. So yeah, so mint chip sounds really good. I'm more of a vanilla or like Reese's mixed in with a vanilla type of person, but my wife would be all about that mint chip. I'm sure she'd love it. Laura, I really appreciate everything you share with us about Santa Barbara. I've learned a lot. Even though I used to live in Southern California, there's a lot of things here that I didn't know about. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal in, in Santa Barbara, where should they go and what should they eat? I think they would have to go to dinner at Bouchon, and they should start with the scallop trio, which is actually more of a more of a portion to share. So go with someone so you can share that as a starter. And then I would do either the roasted chicken or the duck. I know it sounds boring to say chicken, but their roast chicken is insane. We went to Paris one time. We went to this restaurant. It was all about duck. And uh, I know it's like a big French cuisine type of thing. Uh-huh. So right on. Okay. So you lived there for throughout college and some years after that. What's one of your most memorable stories of being in Santa Barbara? You know, well, it's a personal story, obviously. I met my husband in Santa Barbara. So when I was in college, he and I were both working at a restaurant. Um, it's actually an Irish pub called Dargan's. He was a bartender and I was a waitress and that's how we met. And that probably has a lot to do with why I love the city of Santa Barbara so much. Yeah. It's great when you have those special moments together like that. Yeah. Like my wife and I, our first trip was actually to Solvang. And so that had a lot of special Ah, meaning for us when we got married up in that area and had a lot of fun going back up there and reliving those memories. Oh, I can imagine. It's such a beautiful spot. For sure. Okay. So speaking of happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in town? Oh, I, th- I think I already threw those out. Pickle Room and Sama Sama Kitchen. And then maybe a third, you certainly can't get a deal. But if you're looking for one of the most beautiful places to have a cocktail, it's mm-hmm. at Tides at the Coral Casino, which is a private club. But if you're a guest of the Four Seasons, you can dine there and use the facilities. So if you are able to stay at the Four Seasons, check out Tides for a cocktail at sunset and you'll have beautiful views of the water and the sunset. That sounds really cool. It's a great way to be able to get into some of these places that they have restrictions by doing that little workaround by staying at the hotel. Yeah, certainly. So, okay. Now, whenever I travel, one of the things I always like to do is have pepperoni pizza. Where's the best pizza in town? 
You know, some of my friends might disagree with me on this one, but I love Giovanni's. I think it probably just has more of a nostalgic influence on me, but their ranch dressing, I love to eat my pepperoni pizza with ranch, and their ranch dressing is really garlicky and creamy, and so that would be where, where I go for pepperoni pizza. You know, I think you and my wife would get along really well. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm just happy if I get pepperoni pizza. She can do whatever she wants to it. As long as it's pepperoni for me, I'm, I'm good. So, <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. I see you travel probably more than I do. You obviously know a lot about traveling. What's your best travel tip? I would say my best travel tip is to always travel with the carry-on. I've been on a number of two, three, four-week trips, even some like to the snow, and I just don't think that there's any reason that you ever need to check a bag. And you know, it really eliminates a lot of the headache that can come along with travel. You know, you're not worried about the airline losing your bag. You always have it in your possession. And you know, packing light just makes your life so much easier. So learning, I mean, if you want to be an efficient traveler, I think that you need to learn the tips and tricks to pack light and only use a carry-on. And I also travel always with dry shampoo. Oh, dry shampoo, okay. Yes. Well, I don't have those shampoo type of issues because uh, I'm, I'm bald, <laughs> but, but that, that is a great idea. I have dry shampoo for you. <laughs> that is a good idea for my kids and my wife, though, for sure, with the dry shampoo. Now, especially you know, with all the with all the three one one liquid requirements and things like that when you travel today, do you have any specific tips as far as being able to, to squeeze everything into a carry on? Yeah, packing cubes work really great. If you have things that wrinkle or like bulkier items, rolling them is a lot more space saving. And just, you have to be very methodical about it. I like to pack very specifically like in, this is gonna sound very OCD, but I am pretty OCD. Like I'll pick like a, in terms of what kind of clothes I bring, I'll pick a color scheme so that everything matches with everything and that you can mix and match things. So, you know, don't bring that like neon top and just really unique items bring things that you can mix and match and in terms of putting like liquid you can purchase just about anything in a travel size on amazon sure and if not you just buy those little containers and put the stuff in there yourself yeah i've never had any problem uh needing to bring liquids larger than the allowed amount even like they make those miniature spray sunscreens and uh bug spray and everything they make in uh travel size now so and a lot of hotels nowadays you know whenever you need something all you gotta do is come down to the front desk and you can go grab most of whatever you need oh yeah definitely and actually that's another good point i never travel with shampoo and conditioner and soap and things like that because i almost always am staying in hotels and when i'm not i'll just buy it when i'm over there for you know a couple bucks and and leave it well those are great tips lauren thank you so much thank you so you and i know each other but the audience may not so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how people connect with you sure so my full name is lauren wood i run a travel blog called travel is the cure I'm on Instagram. It's at travel underscore is underscore the underscore cure. You can find me on Facebook as well. I basically just blog about all of the destinations that I like to travel to. There's a heavy emphasis on photography because that's what I enjoy. I am not a full-time blogger. I actually am a trial lawyer. I'm a partner at a firm here in Ventura County. But thankfully, my profession gives me the ability to travel a lot. So I take advantage of that and uh, I try to travel as much as possible. And then I write about it. 
That's right. Yeah. I mean, I used to work in the corporate finance for a bank in LA and between myself and Lauren, you know, anybody here that's, that's listening, if you think that, oh, I can't travel because I, I don't have a lot of vacation, I have a real job and things like that. You know, you can squeeze a lot in when you have a little bit of vacation or even like a long weekend trip. So we, we definitely encourage you to go out there, travel, follow either, either one of us, listen to us, and we'll show you how it gets done. I love that. Lauren, thank you for being on the show. We're going to have links to everything we talked about. We're going to have links to Lauren's social media handles and her website in the show notes. And other than that, we'll look forward to seeing you when we travel there. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. Big thanks to Lauren for coming onto the show and sharing her awesome tips for Santa Barbara, California. Show her some love by visiting her site at travelisthecure.com and follow her on Instagram at travelisthecure with an underline in between each one of those words. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Santa Barbara, California. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Santa Barbara. We want to say thank you to Nectar Sleep for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. Hotel beds can be amazing, but nothing beats sleeping in your own bed, especially when it's from Nectar Sleep. Try their 365-night trial and forever warranty to see if their bed is right for you. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Nectar for the latest offers and promotions. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best trips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia with Grant Sampson. There's incredible history and architecture in Kuala Lumpur, including the Batu Caves and the Kalo Tower. However, Grant's favorite is the amazing culinary experiences at low, low prices. You won't want to miss these tips he has to share. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of your upcoming destinations.